the time has come for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to be preached round the whole world from our Jerusalem with new vigor. Join us in our services at Christ Apostolic Church All Saints Chapel, located inside the CS General Secretariat Complex and Lugwa Bajoro Ibadon. Sunday Glorious Service holds every Sunday, 8 to 11 a.m. Wednesdays, 5.30 to 7 p.m. is the time to search the scripture in our Bible study session. And every Friday at 5.30 to 7 p.m. is the power-packed prayer meeting where God of Christ Apostolic Church will be pulling down strongholds and repackaging people's lives. Your testimony is guaranteed as you join us in all our services. Pastor T.D. Asukeji, All Saints Chapel's Chaplain, says you are welcome to the atmosphere of miracles, signs, and wonders. For inquiries, please contact 0909-396-2095 or 703 or 0806-1137-570. C.A.C. All Saints Chapel, making ready a people prepared for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Happy Sunday. I pray that the Lord will keep on sparing us in life and in health to witness more of this in Jesus' name. Shall we be seated, please? God bless you. We continue with um, our consideration of the text, which is found in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 27 downward. Luke 9, from verse 27. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death, Till they see the kingdom of God. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah who appeared in glory and spoke of the disease which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Um, last Sunday, we talked about another feature of those who are in the kingdom of God, and that is um, cultivating a particular interest in the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says Elijah and Moses appeared to him in glory and uh, they talked about the death that he will accomplish in the city of Jerusalem. And we talked about the importance and the necessity for us as Christians to be more interested in the death of our Lord Jesus Christ above any other thing. His death must interest us more than the miracles he performed. His death must interest us more than his teachings and uh, all other things that he performed and he did while he was uh, here physically. His death. And as I've, we have said earlier, every blessing we enjoy today is hinged upon that 
death is death should interest us. Should we forget Calvary? That's a question we need to ask ourselves all the time. Should I, as a Christian, forget Calvary? Should you, should we forget Calvary where he died for us? You know, uh, there are many Christians today who uh, do not think about the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about his miracle, his um, deeds, his um, this or that, but not his death. One thing about his death, we're going to consider some of the things that his death has accomplished for us as Christians. The Bible says that um, when he died, he trod the winepress alone. What did I say? He trod the wine. wine. Say it again, please. He trod the winepress alone. What does that mean? Isaiah 63. Um, let me read to you or read for you from verse 1. Isaiah 63 from verse 1. It reads, Who is this who comes from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? This one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. Then he answered, I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. So, who do you think this scripture is talking about? Huh? You are not responding, please. Yeah. The question is asked, who is this? Who comes from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? Yoruba says, Tanye yi lati Edomu tonti ashua rekman lati Bozrah. Dyed garments from Bozra. Who is this one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength? And now the one they are talking about now replied and said, I who spoke in righteousness. Who is that one? You are not, you are not confident of your answer. Who is that one? Jesus Christ is the one who speak in what? Oh my goodness. In righteousness. Not only that, mighty to save. Who can save? Only Christ can save. Hmm. And the question is asked of him again, verse 2. Why is your apparel red and your garments like one who treads in the wine press? Why? Why is your dress, your garment, why is it red? And why do you look like someone who has just trodden or trod the wine press. And the answer again he gave was in verse 3. Are you there? Can you read? I have trodden the wine press. How? Alone. And from the peoples, no one was with me. Now, this scripture speaks about our Christ. When he comes back in glory to reign when he will smash the kingdom of this world into atoms, when his glory will fill the whole earth, and in anger, in anger, is going to, his, the Bible says, and his wrath, his anger will show upon his face. 
he will deal with nations, all the antichrist nations, all those who are saying, Jesus is not the Lord. He's coming to rule, to rule and reign over them with the rod of iron. That's what the Bible says. But the, this scripture applies first and foremost to, to him in his death. Who is this? Who comes from Adam with dyed garments from Bozra. This one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. And he said, I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. And when they ask him the question, why is your apparel red and your garments like one who treads in the winepress? He said, I have trodden the winepress alone. Christians, members of the kingdom of God, must always be conscious of the fact that Christ trod the winepress, how? Alone. Hmm, what does that mean? You know, if you're familiar with uh, Bible customs uh, and manners and customs, if you're familiar with them, you know, um, what does it mean to tread the winepress? You know that um, the people of Israel in the Old Testament uh, were into agriculture. And um, you know that uh, they produce wine in Israel. The threshing floor and the wine press are very important to the Jews. In, on the threshing floor, they bring all their wheat, all their corn, all their grains, and they separate the wheat from the shaft on the threshing floor. Like our mothers will do when they bring their corns home and beans and rice to drive the shafts away. That's what happens on the threshing floor. But the other important uh, uh, place to them in the land of Israel is the wine press. When they gather all their grapes, they bring to the wine press. And it is at the wine press there that they will tread those grapes and the wine will flow into a container somewhere. That's, they collect the wine. So it is important for us as Christians to know about all this. The threshing floor and what? And the wine press. At the wine press, wines are made, collected and, uh, for human consumption. But uh, the process is that they, they, they press the grapes using their what? Their feet. Remember our mothers, when they want to make um, palm oil, I'm a country boy, born in the village, brought up in the village. I spent the first 12, 13 years of my life in the village. I know what it means for our mothers to produce what? Palm oil. You see, you collect the um, palm fruits, boil them. Then when they, when it's, when they, they, they are simmered, then what do you do? Uh, they begin to process. You know, they have um, this uh, um, instrument where they put all the... Uh, palm fruits, and what do, do, do they do? They begin to match, match it. But you know what? Uh, the man being asked the question here, why is your garment red? Why do you look like somebody who has just thrown the white press? Wine press? Said, yes, I have thrown the wine press alone. You know, in the land of Israel, when they want to try the wine, uh, 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 wine press, what do they do? They, they, they put some poles, a pole here, Another pole here, and the pole we have V shape on, on top. 
and then there is going to be another crossbar. Okay? Now, the, uh, 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 on the crossbar, they put some robes. Robes. Robes, rope, robe. And then, when they are ready to tread the wine press, uh, the person doing that will uh, take hold of uh, the what? The rope to now press the uh, grapes. Now, I'm asking you the question. Why on earth do you think that the one doing the pressing of the wine is holding on to that robe? Anybody? Any, anybody? Just, just anybody here? What, what do you think? Anybody? Just answer me. Yep, just, no, no. Just get up and tell me what you think. Yes? In order to fall? Hmm, yes. Any other thing? What do you think? To what? More strength. So this, the rope will give him what? Support. Yeah. Support. When you, get, when you get hold of the rope, then you have more strength to be able to, to press. To, 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 eh? to do what your work. But Jesus said, and when I did that, I did it alone. In other words, when he died, when he chose to carry the burden of our sin on the cross of Calvary, he did it with many people. How many people? Alone. Alone. This was Jesus who prayed in Gethsemane. And uh, there, in the garden of Gethsemane, the devil magnified the cross before him. It's like what he told him on the Mount of Temptation. Yeah, why do you want to go the painful way to achieve the kingdom, to get the kingdom? All you have to do is take the easy way, the shortcut. Do what? Just bow down for me. All, all it takes is just a bow. And then the kingdom will be yours. Take a shortcut. Don't, don't go to the cross. But Jesus said, no. I know my destiny. I know why I'm born. I know why I've come to this world. And again, in Gethsemane, he magnified the cross before him. Why do you want to die? What's your problem? Why do you want to die? Why should you go all this uh, painful road to die for the sinners? Don't. But he submitted his will to that of the Father. He agonized there. We should not forget all this. And then, arrested by the soldiers there in the Garden of Gethsemane, betrayed by Judas, denied by Peter, abandoned by the rest ten disciples. And from there, he was led to Caiaphas' palace, the high priest, where he was tried. That trial in the palace of Caiaphas was a religious trial. The, 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 the chief priest had no authority to condemn anybody to death. But they could try him according to the law of their land, the Jewish law. And they said he was deserving of death, but they couldn't put him to death. And I told you last week that he was placed in a dungeon, dark, cold dungeon, 
there that night. And the following day, they led him from Gethsemane last night to the Caiaphas Palace, from there to Pilate's court. That is the, that is the, uh, the, the civilian governor. They led him there. And uh, having been condemned to death, this was somebody who had nothing to, uh, 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 nothing. He said, who has ever co convinced me of sin? Who, tell me, who, who amongst you have ever convi convinced me of sin? Or convicted me of sin, rather. And then the judge said, I found no fault in him. Think about that. In, the, in judicial history, anytime a judge declares that the accused is found, what? Not guilty. The following sentence will be, what? Discharged and acquitted. But the case of our Lord Jesus Christ is the only celebrated case in judicial history uh, when the presiding judge will say the accused is found not guilty and yet go and kill him. It's never happened before. Then you, you need to ask the question. Then if he's found not guilty, why should he, what's he going to die for? Why should he die? That tells you that uh, he was going to die not for the sin committed by him, but the sin of the whole world. Praise the Lord. Then, having been condemned to death by Pilate, immediately the Roman soldiers, those aggressive Roman soldiers, they weaved a crown for him made of what? Thorn. And they placed it upon his brow. Head, brow. Having received 39 lashes. And we're told that uh, these are not just ordinary lashes, not ordinary koboko. But there are certain sharp um, objects that are placed uh, in that thing. And when they put it on your back, they pull it like this. Blood was coming out. Remember again I said? It was one that said, I trod the wine press. How? Alone. Judas betrayed him. Again, Peter denied him. The rest of the disciples, what did they do? Abandoned him. And when he was led to Calvary, they placed that two beams, made uh, 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 the cross made of two beams, placed upon his shoulder. And they carried that. There is a place called Via Dolorosa in Jerusalem. In Latin, it simply means the painful road. The, how, how many uh, 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 points is, is stopped on its way between the Gabata, that is Pilate's palace, between there and Calvary. He fell on this spot. He fell on that spot. He fell until they got hold of uh, Simon of Cyrene because he had become so weak. And that they laid the cross of Christ upon Simon of Cyrene, an African man. And then he was taken to Calvary. And the Bible says, and there when they got to a place called Golgotha, there they crucified him. And you know what? Having been betrayed 
by one disciple, forsaken by another, abandoned by the rest. There on the cross, he said, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Forsaken by his father in heaven, abandoned by men here on earth, betrayed by people here, denied by people here, all alone. He tread that wine press. He received no help from anybody. Not even from God the Father. That's what it means. When he said, I alone. I did it alone. All alone. I received no help. Shouldn't we think about that? Should we be talking all the time about uh, his healing, his miracles, his uh, success. For, for us, his uh, victory. For us, his uh, um, uh, breakthrough for us is this or uh, prosperity for us. Yes, but uh, the most important thing is that he gave his life for us there on the cross. You know, when you see him on the cross, it was such an ugly figure. Ugly figure, broken, battered, flies buzzing around his battered head. Blood everywhere. The Bible says, mothers were beating their breasts. Come on, come down from the cross. Come down, come down. But he didn't, he didn't, he didn't listen to them. It's like our mothers would say, Ikunli abiyamo. And he suffered all that. Today, you know, just look at, try to, try to, uh, figure that out. Visualize that in your own mind. It, it wasn't a beautiful sight at all. An ugly sight indeed on the cross. Today, we carve the cross in beautiful wood. Don't we? That's what we do. Beautiful, beautiful piece of wood, the cross. We even make golden cross. But that's, that's, that's very wrong. There is something golden about the cross. There's something beautiful about the cross. It's two beams, rough, two rough pieces of wood upon which his body was fastened on the cross. This is not true. That the cross is golden. It's not true that it's beautiful. It's a rough piece or pieces of wood upon which he died. Should we forget that? Why should we be just spending our Christian life anyhow just thinking about our own thing, thinking about what he's, he's going to do for us or, or what we can get out of him and so, and so on and so forth. Why not about his death? Because it is that death of his that accomplished so much for us as Christians. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at uh, some of the things that his death did for us. Number one, he died in order to free us from iniquity. To purchase our freedom from iniquity. Um, in the book of Titus, Titus chapter 2, verse 14, it reads, Titus 2, 14. He said, who gave himself for us, 
that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. He died in order to free us from iniquity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, iniquity from which he has delivered us. Iniquity has two aspects. All this we need to know as Christians. There are two aspects of iniquity. One, iniquity as, uh, that is uh, the, uh, 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 passive and active. Passive and active. Now, what, 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 just what do I mean? Uh, if we talk of iniquity as a passive thing, it talks about our state. Iniquity as a state and iniquity as an act. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, iniquity has two aspects. Passive and what? Active. Iniquity uh, 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 in its uh, passive aspect is um, a state, the state in which we are. Let me explain. To be uh, uh, judged as men and women in iniquity. You don't have to commit any sin. You don't have to be a number robber, a kidnapper, an adulterer, a fornicator, a warmonger, and, and all that was mentioned this morning in a Sunday school lesson. You don't have to do all, any of those things to be living in a state of what? Iniquity. That's the state in which we all were before deliverance. And that's, it, 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 it simply means you are falling short. No matter what you do, you are falling short of the glory of God. You cannot meet the standard of God no matter what you do. Wash your face. Wash your mouth. Wash your ears. Clean your feet and hands and take a bath in the ocean 1,000 times a day. You are still in a state of what? Iniquity. Because you cannot meet God's standard. That is the state in which we are. So that is passive iniquity. You, uh, 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 the passive aspect of iniquity is that uh, well, you don't have to do anything wrong. You, are, you, are, you yourself, you are wrong. You are, you are damned wrong. That's, that's just it. Dead wrong. Condemned. Nothing you can bring to God to, pass, to, 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 to pacify him, persuade him, or whatever. And then there's iniquity as an act. And then what we do? All those things, the works of the flesh. Works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, drunkenness, things like that. That's iniquity as an act. So, both as a state and as an act, both passive and uh, active, we live in iniquity. Because God has a standard. God has raised a standard. And uh, the, the most religious amongst men the most, um, uh, 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 the one who, who claims to be holy, who is this or that, no matter what you do, there is nothing you do that can reach the very uh, height of God's standard. You are falling below the standard. And um, it is 
from these works of unrighteousness and from the crooked and unequal nature. That's our nature. The crooked and unequal nature, uh, which is the parent of all we do wrong, it is from that that Christ has what? Redeemed us. His death has delivered us from that. Let me give an, example, uh, an illustration. You know, when you look at the construction of the Old Testament tabernacle, the tabernacle of Moses, where God chose to dwell, he said, make a tabernacle for me that because I want to dwell among my people. The, the, the house built by Moses in which God used to appear to his people, representing the church. Anything that has to do with the construction of the tabernacle, you must make use of just one wood. And that's the what? The shittim wood. Hallelujah. The what? Shittim wood. And, uh, you know, there are finer woods in the desert. There are better woods um, in Lebanon. God could have told Moses, go to Lebanon, bring me the cedar, the cedar wood, cedar tree, very fine, tall, beautiful, sinusure of all eyes. Cedar is the best of woods in the Middle East. But God didn't choose that. You know, if God had asked Moses to bring eh, the cedar tree, the cedar tree would have said, yes, because God knows that I'm what? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm tall. I'm fine. I'm beautiful. He, he had no choice. He possibly couldn't have chosen any other tree but me because of my beauty. But God said, no. Moses, make use of what? The shitting wood. And what are the natural characteristics of the shitting wood? Coughs and nuts. Cocoa at ogun. And then, you see, you know, you think, you think God, God puts all that in the Bible for, for fun? It's here, Damilu. Shitting wood, crooked one, naughty one. And so, my God said, come on, make use of that. Cut it. And that's, that's what happens. And that's shitting, crooked, shitting wood, whose natural characteristics are those of curves and knots. Cut. When the axe fell on that uh, tree, it brings about a severance. It, that tree is severed from its what? Eh? It's what? Root. Severed. That's what happens when we become Christians. We are severed, separated from our parents, our roots, from Adam and Eve, from the inherited uh, 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 sinful nature. Cut, cut, cut off. Then it will be peeled. Then they will put the, the and, and then an axe will be used on that piece of wood to remove the coughs and the what and the knot to straighten it up. When it's now straightened up, then it is now fit to be used for the construction of the tabernacle. That's what the blood of Jesus has done for us. We are crooked by nature by birth, by, 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 by heredity. Crooked. Wicked. When you, when you listen to uh, the description that uh, 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 Paul gave to all of us, that <laughs> when, when 
we were in that state of iniquity. He said, yeah, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues, they have practiced deceit. The poison of us is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are sweet to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And that is the description of all men and women here on earth, irrespective of your color, of your race. That is the, these are the harsh realities about us all. Many of us would like to talk about our Oriki. The son of this, the daughter of that. This is our real Oriki. If you want to know who you are, that is what the Bible says about us all. We curse. Our feet are so sweet at shedding blood. and the, our, 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 our throat is an open sepulcher. Things like that. That's, that's, that's the position of everybody here on earth. But when he died on the cross, you know what he did? He redeemed us from, iniqu- from that state of iniquity. And um, now, everything that, uh, is, uh, 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 that is potent, capable of bringing us down from the standard of God, we are delivered from that. And we are now highly lifted up. So those motives and tempers that tend to mar our equality with God are removed. We now think well. We behave well. Why? Because of the blood that was shed for us on Calvary. Shall we rise for prayer? Delivered from iniquity. Some other times we shall be talking about some of, the, some of the benefits of his death. Delivered from iniquity. It's only the blood of Jesus Christ that can settle this. There is no, no remedial punishment. Taking people to prison. No uh, university education. No civilization that can do it. I've always quoted one of my lecturers in England, the late Reverend John Jacques Zbindin, a Swiss English man. He was here in Nigeria twice, 1981 and 2012, before he died. I, 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 I heard him say this as far back as 1977. He said, Give man education, he only becomes an educated sinner. And that's it. Then, I will add, give my civilization. What does it become? A civilized sinner. As simple as that. No, no prison sentence. No remedial punishment. No university uh, education that can deliver man from the state of what? Iniquity. Only the blood of Jesus does that. Shall we thank him for this this afternoon? Lord, I thank you for the blood shed on Calvary for me to redeem me from all works of the flesh of iniquity. Thank you for, for this deliverance. Nobody can do it. Only you, only your blood can do it. Thank him for that blood. There is power in that blood to save, to deliver, to make whole, to make us equal with God in our thought, in our work, in our life, in everything that we do every day. There is power in that blood. Let's thank him for that.